Hello friends, and welcome to week two of our Advent series. Um, today... Hold on, hold on, you gotta restart. <laughs> you do. totally went to soft mode, like, hello friends. I'm being serious. I know, but you know what it reminds me of? Huh. Um, have you ever heard of the people who do like sleeping videos where they yes. talk yes. while you to put you to sleep? Yes. That's what that reminded me of. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm to it's not to sleep. No, I don't... It, Okay, we're good now. Okay, I'm sorry. You can start when you're ready. Well, shoot, I was ready. I'm sorry. I'm so okay. I can okay. leave that part in. No. Hello, and welcome to... <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello, and welcome to um, week two on our series on Advent. Today, Sarah and I are going to be discussing peace. Um, and as a reminder, Advent symbolizes the church's present situation in these last days. Um, but Advent specifically in the month of December is, um, just a time to reflect and anticipate, um, what Christmas represents and the coming of Jesus. And so there's four weeks of Advent, um, hope, peace, joy, and love. And today, like I said, we're going to be discussing peace. And if you missed our podcast on hope, you should go back and listen to that. See. Okay, cool. Well, we have decided. Well, Anna decided. (laughs) Um, I'll be going first. So, um, I'll warn you guys. I made these notes because we had to postpone um, when we recorded, which was fine. But I made these notes, like, over a week ago. Um, And I have this rule for myself that I'm not allowed to go back and review my notes for a certain amount of days. Because then I'll want to change everything. But I'll Mm. be, like mentally exhausted from thinking about it so much that sometimes I like put my own exhaustion and stuff and it gets like it gets in the way of what God is telling me to do through it yeah and so I just don't read it so that being said I um I'm just gonna have to read some of my observations to remember what all I was saying when I wrote these (laughs) um so hopefully it won't be choppy and it'll make perfect sense and everything will go smoothly um well, there's my disclaimer that no one really cared about. <laughs> um, but just, I don't think you mentioned this, Anna. But last week, um, we said on the podcast that what we're doing is we each are um, just going to let God lead us in how, like, I'm going to have something about peace to say, and mm-hmm. Anna's going to have something about peace to say, but we have no idea what each other is really saying. We kind of talked about it a little bit before the podcast, but up until today, we had no idea what the other person was doing. No. So it could be like a Bible study thing or a devotional thing. It could be just like one verse, or it could be like just our own personal life with peace without a lot of scripture, but it's still like, it's still biblical, but like it could be literally anything. And then at the end of the episode, we will be um, reading what um, other people think about today's topic. So we've asked certain people um, two questions about peace and they each gave us answers and mm-hmm. we'll be reading those just for a different opinion and um, observation or whatever, or belief, I guess, on peace from other people, not just us. Okay, so let's get started. So my main point is freedom brings us peace. That's like the overall theme here. Um, So I'm just going to jump right in. 
Okay, so first off, as like a little backstory slash introduction, I just want to remind us or remind everyone that the world is in bondage, even mm-hmm. if the world meaning non-believers, because you have Christians and you have non-Christians. And so whenever we say worldly things, like if we're talking about quote unquote worldly things, we're talking about non-believers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean here when I say world. So non-believers um, are in bondage, even if they don't realize it. Um, to them, they might be living a free life, doing whatever they want, but really they're in bondage by the devil, by the enemy. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read a verse here, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 through 26. This is the NLT version. It says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Mm. So that's just a reminder. I'm not going to go into extensive detail about that, um, but just a you know reminder, or maybe I'm informing you for the first time that if you are not a child of God, if you don't have a relationship with Him, then you are in bondage. But it's of the devil, and that's not good. So my next point is: when Christ came to Earth, He brought peace. Um, he is the ultimate peacemaker. Isaiah nine six NLT says. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Um, Another verse is Luke 2.14, and it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So that's just another way of saying that through this. And that was to the shepherds, the angel, or the heavenly hosts, as it says. Mm -hmm. Um, When they were singing, they were singing this to the shepherds. They were saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth, those who or peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Um, so that just is another way of showing that peace was brought through this event um, of Christ being born. So when Christ came to earth, he brought peace. Um, through intimate relationship with God, we experience freedom of all things that have bound us emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, resulting in the peace that surpasses all human understanding. Um, I'll go into more detail about this in just a moment, but I first want to read Galatians 5, 22 through 23, um, and it's about the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I inserted this verse because, as I said a moment ago, through intimate relationship with God, we experience freedom, yada, yada, yada. So relationship with God is is how we have fruits of the Spirit coming out of us. It's how we have love coming out of us. It's how we have joy coming out of our actions. It's how we have peace. Um, It's how we have patience. It's how we have kindness. And the Spirit, in this sense, is the Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit. It's not us. It's not anything of our doing. It's the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. And as we have an intimate relationship with God, the closer and closer we get to Him, the more fruit of the Holy Spirit is going to come out of us. Mm-hmm. And peace is one of those things. So that's why I kind of wanted to insert that. Um, my next verse that I want to talk about is also in Galatians. It's chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. This freedom looks like no longer being bound by anxiety and depression, alcoholism, narcissism, pride, greed, fear, insert anything else you can think of. So earlier, whenever I said that, 
um, when we have an intimate relationship with God, we experience freedom of all things that have bound us emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. These are the things I'm talking about. These are the things. Like, if you are someone, something that is a very hot topic nowadays, and it has been for a while now, something that wasn't talked about way back in the day, but now it is a lot more out in the open, is depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And um, I'm not going to go into way big detail about this, um, but a really big, really quick side note. Um, the reason that people struggle with depression and anxiety specifically so much is because the first place the devil attacks us is mental, is mentally. Like that is the very first place he goes because he knows that if he can knock you down mentally with your mental state completely, then you're no good for God. And I'm not saying you're not good, like you're still worth it to God. Obviously that's not what I mean. I'm saying you're not going to be able to do anything for God if you allow the devil to completely consume your mind mentally. And so that's why he attacks you mentally because God gave you, um, well, anyway, so that's basically all I'm going to say about that. So, um, same thing with all this other stuff though. It stems, all these, all these things stem from the way you think, your thought processes and your heart set and your mindset and all these things. So that's why he attacks that first. Um, anyway, so the freedom that I'm talking about, it looks like no longer being bound by those things. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, alcoholism, narcissism, all the things I listed, and then XYZ, anything else here that you can think of. Um, the things we struggle with the most, God gives us freedom from through intimate relationship with him. And when we have this freedom, we experience true peace that only God can bring to the table. The way that we rid ourselves from these chains is by fighting them with the guidance and strength we have from God. And through fighting these demons or these chains, this depression, this narcissism, this financial stress, this greed, is with the sword, which is also known as the scripture, the Bible. And with his guidance and his strength, we get rid of all of them as time goes on, resulting in freedom from them completely, which is also resulting in peace Mm -hmm. because we are not bound anymore. Yeah. And when you truly are free inwardly, you really truly do have a peace that really does surpass mm-hmm. all understanding of any human. The only way you can understand it is if you have experienced it from God. Yeah. Um, and then a uh, quick two small things and then I'll be done. I didn't have too much on this. I was talking to Anna about this part specifically before we started recording and it was about how I was reminded that Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. Yeah. So his main purpose, result peace resulted from it, but it wasn't his main purpose to bring peace specifically. Um, he did bring peace, but that wasn't his main purpose. And so I'm going to read this and then I'll go into a little bit of detail. Matthew 10, <laughs> 34. And it says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Um, and so to me, this immediately just shows us that whenever he says sword, it shows um, his real reason for coming to earth as as we know, like as we know of the Christmas story, like he came to us, but to bring a sword. So that shows us that he came to save us in a war, in a battle. He came to fight for us and he came to fight for his, for the glory of his name and for his father's name. And so there is a spiritual war going on at all times between God and the devil. Mm-hmm. And we are... Just by default, when you're born, you are just in this war. It's happening. You know, um, when you're conceived, like, you're in the war. You're here. It's happening. You don't have a choice, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, Jesus, because we are sinners, we naturally now are on Satan's side. But Jesus didn't like that. God didn't like that. He wanted us to be able to be saved and not suffer for all of eternity Mm -hmm. in hell. 
And so that's why Jesus came. He is our savior because he came to save us. And that's why he came. He didn't come to bring, I mean, yes, again, peace came from what his, like the real reason behind why he came. Yes. But when he came, he didn't say, I'm here to bring peace only. He said, I'm here to bring a sword. In fact, he said, he renounced that idea. He said, I have not come to bring peace. That was Jesus speaking, but a sword. So he's here to give us a sword to fight against the devil. And he came to fight against the devil and defeat death so that we can have an option to go to heaven and mm-hmm. have a relationship with God. Yeah. Um, but if if you think on a daily basis of a sword and how his sword, the word and him, you know, how that plays into our lives on a daily basis, it's what I was talking about earlier. It's how we say, no, Satan, go away. I don't want to be depressed anymore. It's no, Satan. I don't want to be anxious anymore. I want to have peace. I don't want to have anxiety attacks every day. It's no, Satan. I want to stop thinking about myself higher than others because when I do that, everything just falls to poop. Like, I want to think of others more than I think of myself. I want to think of God first because when I do that, I have peace and I have joy and happiness. But I don't whenever I think of myself. You know, I don't want to be greedy anymore because the more greed I have, the more anxiety I have mm-hmm. because all I'm thinking about is money. Right. You know, and if I don't have enough money or whatever, um, or if I don't know have enough things, you know, I don't want to be afraid anymore. Satan, go away. Fear be gone. You know, whenever you say no to these things and you turn to the sword, which is God's word, the Bible, and you allow God to fill up your mind with all of his word instead of the devil's word, that's one of the biggest things you can do to say no to the devil and be free of those things. And it doesn't just happen once. You know, you have to keep doing it over and over again. But that's how you use the sword. You use the Holy Spirit and you use his, God's word and you fight against the devil so that you can have this freedom and experience this peace. Mm. And so that's why he came to us to bring us a sword to fight against the devil so that we can have peace. Yeah, And he came to... To de- well, he came to defeat the devil himself, but through that, we also can defeat the devil on a daily basis and have peace from that. Yeah. Um, and then I want to say one very quick thing, um, and then I'm all done, um, unless Anna has something else to say about it, but uh, about this. But um, I put here in my notes, I forgot I did this, but this is a little picture of, of peace. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go read this chapter. Um, Acts chapter 16 verse 26 says suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off so paul and silas were in prison and god literally caused an earthquake to happen and the doors were unlocked the prison doors were unlocked the chains that they had on them were literally knocked off like they were gone like they didn't have them on them anymore They were free. So when we have a relationship with God and we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, our chains are no longer on us. That is the earthquake. We are are in bondage with the devil. He has us with chains wrapped all around us where we're suffocating. And then whenever we realize that God is there with us and he wants us to be free... And he wants to have a relationship with us. And he has come to save us. That whenever we accept his gift of salvation, he knocks the chains off of us. We Mm -hmm. no longer have those on us. But then here's the next part of the story that I didn't read. 
Do you think they just walked out of the prison? No. They -hmm. stayed there. Yeah. They literally stood there. They could have just walked out and escaped, but they didn't. So I'm going to kind of twist this a little bit because this isn't what happened. But go back to the picture of us being in bondage and then when we are saved, the chains have fallen off and the prison doors are open. Yeah. Jesus is standing at the door that has just unlocked and all we have to do is walk out of the prison cell to him. But whenever you don't walk out of the prison cell and you just stand there with no chains on you, that's the exact same thing as all these Christians that we see who have gotten saved and then they don't walk out their faith at all. They just keep living a sinful life. Hmm. They keep staying stuck in depression. They keep wanting to kill themselves. They keep wanting to um, get all these things in their house because they're, they're greedy and they, they, they just never have enough stuff and they want to fill it up because, fill up their house with stuff because they think that makes them happy. You know, and insert situation here, big or little. Um, And if you keep doing those things, then yes, you're going to go to heaven, but you're still going to be miserable here on earth and you're not going to grow God's kingdom at all. Yeah. You know, in fact, you might do the opposite. You might be leading people astray from God through your actions. So just imagine you're safe, chains have fallen off, doors unlocked and you're standing there. In order to experience freedom and ultimately peace, like I've been talking about this whole time, You have to walk out of the prison cell and hold Jesus' hand and let him guide you. And what I mean by that is you open your Bible, you read it, you talk to God. Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you right now, like I talk to Anna. And, you know, prayer is not this formal thing. You just start talking to God with the knowledge and, and, and the heart set and mindset that he is your creator and that he loves you and he's pursuing you. And whenever you think, you know, and, and the realization that he's with you at all times, and then you just start talking to him. And then you listen to him when he talks to you. And how do you do that? You have to read his word to know his voice. So you read his word and you listen to him and and you just live a life with God. And when you start doing that, as time goes on, he's going to show you personally how you in that personal situation of yours can get out of that that depression or that anxiety or that greed or that pride or whatever it is. Um, And that's how you experience freedom, which leads to peace. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, that's the podcast. <laughs> joking. That, that was very good. That was very good. Um, ditto to everything you said. But also, for some reason, when I was thinking about peace and the, um, I don't know, the first scripture that came to my mind was um, Isaiah 53 as a whole. But there's some there's certain parts of it that I would like to discuss today. So I'm going to read from ESV, and I'm going to read the whole chapter probably, but I'll only hit on certain points. Um, So it starts off by saying, Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Um, And so starting off, that's talking about Jesus did not come um, in this big grandiose way, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't like I don't know he wasn't the this like very popular life of the party guy I mean obviously people flocked to him people followed him mm-hmm. but um but they didn't just immediately do that I right. mean it wasn't like he was this good looking guy that everyone was like oh you know he must be a cool guy or whatever right yeah. um and then thinking about like the birth of Christ how he came humbly in a stable to you know Mary and Joseph who uh had no, like, 
great standing in their community. I mean, I'm sure they were, like, looked up to in certain ways, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Um, for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our so- sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Um, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, uh, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, obviously, um, I think the reason why this t- passage stuck out to me was because of verse 5. Um which talks about he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Um, and so, like Sarah said, he ultimately, I mean, his main goal was to defeat sin and death. Mm-hmm. But through that, we got to receive peace. We got to be on the receiving end of peace. Mm-hmm. And with his wounds, we are healed. So I wanted to hit on that as well, that through this healing, we can have peace as well. Like, it's crazy to me. So we receive that peace because of what he went, what he suffered for us. Um, so therefore we can safely say that, or we can, sorry, therefore we can say with confidence, Jesus brought us both peace, spiritual and physical healing. My point is that because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we've been saved, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the free gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And so we've been promised salvation through Jesus's death. Um, first Corinthians 1, 18 says for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god so we've been saved um people are continuing to be saved and then as christians as we grow closer in christ we're continuing like um it's a promise that we're comp- we're being um what's the word i'm looking for um redeemed day by day right and mm-hmm. then first corinthians three fifteen. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So we've received this salvation, right? But even so, even though we've we're, we've been healed, we're continuing to be healed day by day. One day there's going to become ultimate healing. Mm. And so that's looking back at what Jesus did for us on the cross. But we still have our fleshly bodies where we're still experiencing um, turmoil. And like Sarah was mentioning, depression and um, we struggle with alcoholism and all these things. Um addictions um anxiety yeah we have we have this earthly body um and we are being renewed day by day but ultimately um there is there's the ultimate resurrection that's happened that's going to happen where we're going to be brought peace once and for all um whether that's through um earthly like when we die and we go to heaven Mm -hmm. but when jesus comes back one day that's Mm -hmm. when he's going to bring ultimate peace to this earth yeah um and he promises us that all throughout the Bible in his word. Um, that's like the biggest hope. Like that's our where our hope comes from. Yeah. Knowing that we're on the right side of We things. have hope. We have, we hope, have that. hope that there will one day be peace. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's this quote Ultimate peace. by Spurgeon that I found that says, um, with his stripes we were healed. Will you notice that fact? The healing of a sinner does not lie in himself, nor in what he is, nor in what he feels, nor in what he does, nor in what he vows, nor in what he promises. It is not in himself at all. But there at Gabatha, where the pavement is stained, which Golgotha, mm-hmm. where the pavement is stained with the blood of the Son of God, and there um, 
where the place of a skull beholds the agonies of Christ. It is in his stripes that the healing lies. Um, I beseech thee, do not scourge thyself. With his stripes we are healed. And that's today, and that's going to continue all throughout your life as you grow closer to him. And then ultimately one day when he returns, there's going to be ultimate peace brought to this earth. Mm -hmm. Let me go back to Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So again, we all have those daily struggles, and our hearts are so so terribly bent towards our own selfishness and wickedness. And yet the Lord still laid on Jesus all of our iniquities. He was pressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that has led the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Um, by oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, meaning that he did in fact die, mm-hmm. stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich of man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was he has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offering. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Um, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercessions for the transgressors. So God willed that Jesus would come and be put to death to conquer death. Mm-hmm. And then therefore we were brought peace. So um, how we can receive that peace every day is um, Romans chapter 8, verse... Sorry. Oh, verse, I'm going to say starting in verse 15. Or no, I'll say 16. Well, yeah, verse 15. Can verse, you re-say the reference for them? Yes, so Romans I- 8, 15. I'm sorry. sorry. So, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we can come to him and we become his children. Mm -hmm. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And then I'm going to go on to verse 18 as well. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I'm going to keep going, I'm sorry. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So again, one day we can look forward to that future um, peace that will ultimately be brought not just to us, but to all of creation. Mm -hmm. When we're once again redeemed to the Father, um, completely healed. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so every day, how can we suffer with Christ? I mean, looking at all he did for, through Isaiah 53, he bore so much for us. But I think we need to make it our goal to suffer with him. And that's not to say you have to give up your life and go be a missionary in a foreign country mm-hmm. and, you know, give up everything. But I don't know. It, it might mean giving up certain luxuries that you have in your day-to-day life um, and really just studying about Jesus and who he was and striving to live like him um, in the little everyday interactions you have with people. And that might mean small personal sacrifice. It might mean big personal sacrifice. But it's so, so important to remember 
that um, we can have peace even when we're um, making these sacrifices and therefore suffering because of what Jesus did for us. And it's worth so much more. Like it's not even, like it says in Romans, not even compared to the coming glory. And I think I touched on this last week, but it's just been a big theme in my life lately. Finally, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I think, did I read this last week as well? Or in our last podcast? I, I can't, can't remember. remember. But um, I feel like I might have, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. But it's just very, I think I did. That's okay. But that's just, I don't know. Um, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So that daily resurrection, mm-hmm. um, or that daily renewal, redemption, redemption. Yeah. for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all compare, all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so as you live for Christ day by day, um, we can have peace in remembering the ultimate healing that he's going to bring to this earth mm-hmm. and the healing that he brings to us every single day. And that's how, I don't know, he can bring us, he brings us peace all the time. He brings us peace today and for all your tomorrows and the rest of your life. And then ultimately one day he's going to bring peace to all of creation. Finally, I'm going to read, I just said, I said Second Corinthians was my last, my last passage, but I lied. This is actually my last passage. So Isaiah 54, um, I'm going to start in verse, verse 10, verse 54, so Isaiah 54, 10, which says, um, and earlier Jesus is, or not Jesus, uh, Isaiah is talking to Israel on God's behalf, and he's saying, like, he's talking about how God might have turned his face away from them for a while because of their sin, mm-hmm. but that he's turned back to them because, like, his, his anger with them is for but a moment, but his love for them endures forever. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into verse 10, which says, for the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be, or, I, yeah, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. So He has made a covenant with peace, or He has made a covenant of peace with us, right? That we could be brought to the Father through Jesus's death, mm-hmm. and so we therefore have peace with Him, mm-hmm. and we can one day look forward and hope to the peace that He's going to bring of, to all of creation. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I have. Hopefully, that made sense. I, I did. Okay. Seriously. I think that was perfect because, yes, you talked about daily redemption and stuff like I did, but you also were talking about the end of times when Jesus comes back. So it's, like, perfect because we're talking about peace on earth yeah, through mine and part of yours. And then you're also talking about, like, on our daily yeah. daily peace. But then you wrapped it up by talking about the peace. That's, yeah, the, the that's ultimate coming. peace. That's, that's coming. coming. So that's perfect. Because, man, he's the Prince of Peace who brought... I just... It's crazy because we don't deserve any of it. No, no, we don't. <laughs> I mean, like all we like sheep have gone astray. We turn everyone to his own way. That yeah. just gets me because. <sighs> yep, that's good. Yeah. All right. So now we're gonna read our texts. Yes, I had some good ones this week. Good. Oh, okay. So I, um, I'll just say mine real quick. So, um, the first. Oh, okay. So for anyone who didn't listen to the last one, we asked people who, which I don't know what Anna's list of people consists of, but like my people, for instance, um, we one of the goals we had with asking these questions was asking people from different maturity levels in their spiritual mm-hmm. walk. So like some of them might be what we call baby Christians, right? And some might be Christians who have been pursuing God av- avidly for like a few years. Um, so they might be way more 
um, knowledgeable about certain mm-hmm. things or whatever when it comes to, like, biblical terms or, or whatever, just in general. Um, so you never know what you're going to get out of these answers. So the first question that we asked people um, was, what does peace mean to you? And then the second one was, what does peace mean to you when thinking about the birth of Jesus? So my first person said for, what does peace mean to you just in general? She said, peace to me is an unexplainable and supernatural calm that I have had in the midst of my hardest experiences. A calm inner serenity that can only be born from hope and faith. Especially hope and faith in God. It's an always present breath in the storms of life when you remember where to look. That was the first one. And then what does peace mean to you in thinking about Jesus' birth? She said something that I had to really think about for a second. Because this is what we do too. Um, but I had never thought of it. Because at first she said, I don't really associate peace with, peace with his birth. Hmm. But that's true. Because I don't associate peace completely with the actual, just his birth. Hmm. I associate peace with his death. That is the reason that he came right, to earth. Came to earth. Yeah, and that's yeah. what she was saying here. So she said, I don't really associate peace with his birth. I associate peace more with his death. I have faith in God and that Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus's sacrifice paid my debt. And because of that, I have hope in eternity. I don't think I could have peace without those two things. Hmm. Um, and that's true. Like, I, you know, I feel like we do that too. You know, we think of it, peace coming from his death. But that's mm-hmm. the reason he was born. And so, that's true though. So anyway, that's my first person. Okay. Um, my first person, I said, or for what does peace mean to you? She said... Peace means being able to accept that hard times will still come and things won't be easy, but they're possible to face things to God so that we can, um, well, that we have peace because we have God with us every day. Mm -hmm. And so even when hard times come, you can face them with Christ. And then I asked, what is it, you know, when I asked, what does it mean to you when thinking about the birth of Christ? She said, I know for me personally, it's hard to sometimes see the peace in my life. But when I think about the birth of Christ, I can feel the peace... I have even, or the the spiritual peace I have, even if my flesh is uneasy. The birth of Christ gave us ultimate peace because he is our savior and, and our path to God in heaven, even when we have worldly struggles. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so this person, for what does peace mean to you in general? Hold on. The upstairs dog is quite loud. Going nuts. Okay, I'm really sorry, but the dog upstairs is, it's not my dog, but he's making a racket, so... Making a racket? Making racket. Isn't it? No. Making, making a racket. Oh, wait. He's making racket. He's making a racket. Yeah. It's a racket. Racket, a racket. is like a noun. Okay. 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 <laughs> it just didn't sound right to me. No. Or I guess if you said making racket, that's also a noun. No, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Y'all get the gist. He's making noise <laughs> and it's a lot of noise. Okay. So this person said, for what does peace mean to you in general? He said, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about peace this week because of vet- Veterans Day. Kind of weird, but here is my thought. Peace, security, and freedom are all very closely tied together in my mind, mostly because all of these things are obtained the same way. Complete re- complete reliance on Jesus Christ. When we don't know things, we worry, and that worry and uncertainty lead to bad decisions and pitfalls. The problem is, as humans, we cannot know everything. That leaves us with that constant bit of worry eroding our confidence in peace Hmm. but when we as christians place our confidence in jesus christ we can have complete peace because he does know everything true peace is the feeling of serenity that comes from knowing the one who holds the future wow mic drop that was good this person also listens to um every single podcast that goes out so shout out to you bro (laughs) you know who you know who you (laughs) You are are. and we appreciate you 
Um, okay, so then when thinking about the birth of Jesus, he said, it is a bit of contradiction, or excuse me, it is a bit of a contradiction to think of the arrival of a baby and peace at the same time. As any parent can tell you, that newborn stage is sweet, wonderful, and magical, but it is not peaceful. <laughs> there is this tiny human that you are responsible for, and it doesn't matter how many books you read or YouTube channels you subscribe to, you are not ready. Mm. You just aren't. It's a mess. They expel bodily fluids that are just <laughs> revolting. They keep you up all night, and one of the worst things is that they can't communicate with you. It makes it a guessing game as you try to get them what they need. Food, diaper change, cuddles, but Jesus was different. In many ways, but the one that strikes me most is that Jesus was born communicating to us. John 1 refers to Jesus as the John John 1 refers to Jesus as the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. A baby was the ultimate form of communication, the word. And that communication brings me back to peace. The arrival of baby Jesus was a communication. A pop-up notification might be most relatable these days. It was a notification that every promise God has made would be fulfilled. And those promises was the most valuable, the promise of a Savior who would take away the sins of the world. Mm. That is the ultimate peace of mind. Knowing that the root cause of all our worry and shame, our sin, is paid for by Jesus Christ. That is why when I think of this baby, this Son of God, I think of relief, reassurance, and peace. Wow. <laughs> so good. That was very good. Maybe we should have just read that for the podcast. Honestly, that's, that's a whole... In of a, wow. That's like a whole itself. sermon. Yes. <laughs> Not because of the link that I'm saying of everything he said, but wow. so good. My second person did not answer the first question, or the second question, but they answered the first, um, which I texted her on her lunch break, so that was probably on me. Um, but she said, in my personal experience, peace is a permanent calm that lives inside of you. So while life is loud and crazy and seeming to be spinning out of control... I can still feel that calm, that peace that breathes in me through Christ Jesus. So, that's true. Like, we have yeah. peace, again, like, in the craziness of life through Jesus. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So, this person said... So, this person said to the first question, It's hard to put into words what peace is to me. When we lost our son and our hearts were broken... There was this feeling deep within my heart that calmed me. Mm. I think it's God talking to our spirit. Some days when I feel like I'm at war with everything going on in my life, I feel the same thing that I'm at peace within. And then when thinking about the birth of Jesus, she said, I love that God sent our Savior to us as a baby. There's nothing more complex or simple as the birth of a baby. I like the way she worded that. Mm -hmm. When I think about the birth of Jesus, the simplicity of it always makes me feel calm and joyful. Just the, way I just the way I felt when my own children were born and everything was right in the world. Peace fills my soul. I think about how God truly does love us, that he would send us his son. Mm -hmm. I like the way she worded that. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. But it is. So true. Yeah. No, that's good. So my last person, when I asked what peace meant to them, they said, Peace is knowing God has a plan for your every thought and action. It's insurance we must first subscribe to and talk to God about before we are completely insured. Peace is the love of a friend whom you can bear your thoughts and soul to without fear of judgment and knowing for as long as you both live, there is someone aside from the Lord who will always love you. Peace is the hug of a, a gentle breeze and knowing somewhere near is the friend or family member that is passed on watching and waiting for you to come home. Which is very sweet because yeah. I know this person just lost um, 
their grandfather mm -hmm. and he was really really special to her so and then I asked what does peace mean to you in thinking about the birth of Christ um I can't think of a more peaceful moment than the night of Christ's birth after being scared of what others might think of Mary being pregnant, after journeying to Bethlehem, after the struggle to find a safe place to stay for the night, after the pains of birth, Christ is on earth. I can only imagine the cries of this new child um, that would only bring peace and love into the hearts of his parents. Yes, more work will now begin with raising a child, but for now, in this moment, peace and mercy are among them, as their family, the family of all nations, has a new addition, the Prince of Peace. Wow. It's very good. That's good. Yeah. Maybe teary. Yeah, that was really I good. It. Um, I have one more person. So this person said, for what does peace mean to you? Peace means having comfort or calmness that gets you through any situation, no matter if you are on a mountaintop high or if you are in the trenches. <laughs> and then when thinking about the birth of Jesus, she said, Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace, which doesn't mean that he isn't the author of peace, but shows that he allowed himself to be made lowly in order to walk and dwell among us. They believed that the Messiah would be a conqueror or warrior, and while Jesus could have very well been those things for them in that time, he decided to come and show love and compassion and showed peace through his encounters in his ministry. And many lives were and are forever changed because of that. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's a good one. That's very good. All right. Well, um, I think that's all we have for you guys for today. Um, if you have any thoughts on peace, you're welcome to message us on Instagram or go to our face or not, sorry, or not our Facebook page, um, our website and go to our contact page. Um, yeah. And then we have some Bible study tools on there and we have, um, on our Instagram and Facebook page, Every Monday we have Motivational Monday, and every Saturday we have Scripture Saturday. And so on both of those, um, we have, like a Motivational Monday, we have um, a quote that goes out, a faith-based quote. Um, and then underneath in the description or whatever, below the picture, um, you will see, or I guess on Facebook it's above, but on Instagram it's below, um, you'll see some verses that kind of go along with what that quote is saying. And then for Scripture Saturday, we'll have um, a verse or a few maybe in the picture, and then in the description below or above it has that verse plus some of the surrounding verses um to kind of add more context to it and then at the end of the month um we have wallpaper wednesday where on our website it's upload um those same exact quotes and scriptures are uploaded uploaded to our website um in screensaver or wallpaper format so you can hold it down on the screen if you're on your phone and or a tablet or something and save it to your tablet or phone and make it into your wallpaper um your home screening or your lock screen to better familiarize ourselves with God's word and with Christian content um, on a weekly basis if we see that more often on our phone. Yeah. Um, and so if you go to our Bible study tools page on our website, there is an option at the very top above all of our Bible study tools um, to click that you can click on and it's our wallpaper Wednesday um, page and it's hidden so you can't just go to that page immediately. You have to go to the Bible study tool page first. Click on the wallpaper Wednesday um, button or whatever at the top of the page and it'll take you to a new page where you can pick whichever ones you like and hold it down and save it to your device. So yeah, um, and I encourage you to download the one you like to save on your tablet or phone and send it to a friend or family member. Um, maybe yes. just encourage someone else. Yeah. I just thought I would share that because I haven't really shared that on here. I don't really think much. Mm -hmm, not much. So um, we just have our Thanksgiving. Well, it's not Thanksgiving ones. There, It's just our November and end of October ones. So 
Um, but yeah, and if you want to know what's going to come out for Wallpaper Wednesday, just go to our Instagram or Facebook page if you have either one of those and um, follow our pages so you can see the Motivational Monday and Scripture Saturday posts. All right, well, we um, are going to let you go. So have a good week. Unless you've already clicked out. Yeah, you probably have because who wants to hear me talk about boring things, right? I'm just kidding. It's not, not me, but I have to because I'm sitting here with you. Right. No, just joking. Um, just kidding. It's not boring. It's exciting things. No, it is. It is. It really is. I know. Yeah. I'm just joking. Gosh, yeah. yeah. And go out and spread the peace of Christ this week. Yeah. Seriously, go go show Jesus love to people. Yeah, and go subscribe to our YouTube channel because we are about to record a video for that, but it won't come out until the end of this month. But I have some other stuff. Me, Sarah. This is Sarah talking. Me, Sarah. We have, I have some videos coming out every Friday, and then at the end of the month, we will have um, a video coming out, me and Anna, and it's going to be a lighthearted one. So, go watch that. Okay. Peace. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> go on, go on.